RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Thursday morning comes around pretty quick, and I know a lot of our listeners look forward to Thursday. There's Perigo's Perspective, but there's also Money Talk with Farzan Arani, and Farzan is back with me. Hi, Farzan. Good to have you back. Good morning, Paul. Thanks. Okay, so ooh, where do we start? Well, um, we had the pre-election fiscal update on Tuesday, so people have had a bit of time to digest that. It was kind of spun as we're doing quite well, but I suspect after talking to Rob McCulloch, economist, yesterday, and maybe now talking with you, that um, as always, the devil is in the detail behind the headlines, the spin headlines. So you've had a, a bit of a look at that. Um, where do you think that, um, okay, forget the spin, where do you think Prefew puts us at this point, uh, the state of our economy going into an election, given all the world conditions as well, uh, in you know this part of 2023? Off you go, shoot. Yeah, thanks, man. It's a good start. Obviously, they, I, I think when we started off our conversations, I mentioned this was going to come around the 12th of September when we'll know the real stuff and some real numbers. And as you said, you use the right word. It's called spin because they make it sound like it's in better shape than expected, right? Um, no, it's not. No, it's okay. not. So, no, uh, it's not. It, it, like it, never, was, it never was going to be. Um, but the spin doctors just haven't done a good enough job. Um, let, let's go through some numbers just to talk. First of all, they've obviously uh, agreed that uh, the expected deficit for the financial year 22-23 has ballooned to 11.4 billion from the previous 7.6 billion. Right. So that's a that that's not a tiny number, Paul. Uh, if the deficit was supposed to be 7.6 and it's supposed to be 11.4, that's a 4 billion shortfall. That's a big amount. That's 4,000 million. Uh, oh, that's why they were talking about saving $4 billion. Exactly that a few weeks ago. They knew this was coming, right? So, Of, of course they knew this was coming. I told you that they, they spin doctors, even from the finance minister and the government and the treasury. That's why, because they knew the ratings agencies were also going to rate them. So all of this is orchestrated drama. Um, and we just got to sit back and listen to their spin doctors, right? Um, they they said he was pulling back. They were going to cut high-level jobs, and they've got to pull in their purses pre-election. Then magically, the Reserve Bank doesn't increase interest rates for two consecutive meetings uh, to show, look, our debt expenses aren't going up. And then the global ratings agencies all favorably rate uh, New Zealand as a AA plus and stable outlook. Do you think this is all a coincidence around all of this time? It's not, mate. People who know what's happening really know where to look. Yeah, so a lot of spin, and we did get an explanation for why the uh, credit rating agencies have found uh, or, or rated us at the level they have, and that's because of prudent paying down of debt by earlier governments, which just so happened to have our um, our public debt to GDP ratio lower than a lot of our contemporaries or, or competing or like-minded countries, whatever you want to call them. So that's a historic, that's an artifact of the past. But the debt, the borrowing, kind of out of this world compared to anything before. So that, yeah, of that's, course, yeah. of course it is, Paul, and 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 that's the thing they're saying because the previous governments, but previous governments. Uh, were also borrowing at that stage. The income was good. And as I explained previously, interest rates were really low. 
So it's not hard to pay off something when the interest rate is close to zero, one or two percent. And as interest rates start going up, it's harder because you're paying more towards interest and less back towards uh, principal. Anyone with a mortgage knows that as interest rates go up, more of the chunk is going towards interest. So, of course, it was easier then. And obviously, this government's promised quite a lot. But the funny thing is, if they're giving it a spin, uh, New Zealand is the second largest, has the second largest fiscal deficit in developed economies. So it doesn't matter how they spin it. And I don't know who the first one is. I've tried to research it. But I think it could be Austria. Uh, But New Zealand has the second largest fiscal deficit in developed economies. And they're still trying to spin, saying we're doing really well and the economy is doing well, which is an absolute lie. And when I say fiscal deficit, I just want people to understand what that means. There's In monetary terms, there's your... um, Fiscal and there's monetary policy. Fiscal is what the government's spending and monetary is what the Reserve Bank is doing. So in this case, all they're trying to say, a fiscal deficit means the government's earning, let's say, $100, but spending $140. You've got a minus in front of it because you're spending more than you earn. There's no easy way to say this, but it's a simple way of going broke quickly. Now, okay. yes, we're better than some other countries. Might as well get it uh, over and done with quickly, eh? <laughs> well, yes, uh, we are better than some countries. As I explained, I think a couple of weeks back, our debt to GDP is about 30%, and the US is sitting at 130% debt to GDP because um, their debt sitting at $33 trillion, even though the economy is bigger. And there was a study out there saying once it passes, passes 90% of debt to GDP, it just kind of has takes a snowball effect and it just gets out of hand. Right. But just talking about this, this um, for people to understand, because these are some big numbers, right? So in, in in banking and stuff, a billion and trillion means nothing for an average person earning $70,000, $80,000. So I just want people to understand the forecast. This is from the Treasury itself. The government says something, Treasury does something else just to kind of back it up, but, but will look like, okay, we're not totally agreeing with everything the government's spinning. And... The deficit spending works out. This, this, this thing that they're talking about, just think about the government is taxing you. And for an average family of four, mom, dad, and two kids, that's taxpayers who have to front up an extra $123,000. So when when I've said, how does the government earn money? It taxes us. It's GST and other taxes and excise duties and petrol tax and this tax and road tax. They're taxing us for every single thing, and that's the only income the government has. So the the more the government borrows, the more it has to tax, or it has to borrow itself via the Reserve Bank and issuing bonds, as we've explained as well. You either earn the money and pay it back. So for a government to earn the money, it has to tax you, or it has to borrow more. Right. It's, it's as simple as that. So per tax And, and the more family, you borrow, the more the taxpayers... Are going to uh, have to again, at some point exactly, fund that, right? Exactly. Otherwise, the government has to go broke. Yeah. Because if you can't tax your citizen, this is why, as much as they say the petrol taxes, they had given us a little break for during inflation at the start. They reduced the levies on the petrol and diesel and all of that. They took it off recently, if you remember, a few months back. Why yes. haven't they? If if it is if petrol's more than about three dollars twenty a liter, yeah. Why aren't they doing it again if they really want to help families? No, because they the more tax they take in, the easier it is to pay down. They need the money is is what that comes down to. Okay, so either to to deal with that extra borrowing, either the country has to make more money 
right? Earn yes. more money, money it didn't have that it has to earn from, well, it's overseas sources, obviously, through the you know selling of exports and tourism, all of that. Otherwise, what are we? We're never going to be able to pay it back, are we? You borrow more, or you just keep borrowing just more. Keep Pretend borrowing more. Just keep borrowing more. You have to fill a gap, uh, Paul. It's like me going to a bank, and I don't have money to buy something. I have to borrow more. So when the government promises you free healthcare, better roads, or this and that. The whole point is, if it doesn't have the money, which we've obviously told the Treasury and the government itself has said, we've got a $4 billion hole, what does that mean? The government will have to borrow, which means it has to issue new bonds and fill in the gap. Yeah. It is unsustainable. And, and I just want people to understand that they're saying it's a, the $4 billion hole because the tax take was $2.9 billion less than we anticipated. Now, what would cause a tax take to be less which means businesses aren't doing that well. Less activity in business. Less it's activity in business, exactly, right? Because even though there's inflation, even though everything's expensive and their tax take is big on that side, it is telling you how badly the economy is doing because the revenue itself has reduced so much that the tax take is reduced by $2.9 in spite of the inflation. That's how crazy it's getting. And I just want to put this another spin on this, right, to, for, for people to understand. So... With the Reserve Bank of New Zealand increasing interest rates, as our debt gets bigger and bigger, and we've obviously talked about the Reserve Bank of New Zealand is increasing interest rates that tell us to fight inflation. As of right now, as a country, we spend more on our debt servicing than we do on law and order, which is your police, courts, all that stuff. No wonder the crime that, is That's increasing. the interest bill. That's is just the interest bill on the existing debt. And the 2027 forecast is about $9.8 billion we're going to spend, which is more than schooling we spend in this country, just to pay off. So $9.8 billion on debt servicing costs. Yes, by 2027. Crikey, man. More than schooling in this country. So the government just keeps borrowing, and most people think we're getting handouts, and people vote certain parties thinking, oh, this government really cares about us. It doesn't really care about you. It's just borrowing money to give it to you to make false promises to win elections and soon as the elections are done, yeah, it's just it's it's just we live in times, mate, where politicians have to lie to get elected. Well, it's they reckless, isn't it? It's reckless. So that's the way I see it anyway. So really, what we need to do, if we're really serious about this, we need to pull up the handbrake on spending big time. In fact, we kind of need to go into some sort of austerity mode, don't we? I mean, it's hard to take. It's tough medicine. But this sounds like an unbreakable cycle otherwise. Yes, it is. It's only one way. And But let's be honest, Paul. I'm just going to tell our listeners, this is, let's say you and I are running for elections and you tell the people, I'm going to give you free health care or the government, uh, current government said, I oh, will give every child free dental under the age of 18 or we're going to remove GST on food and vegetables. And the other party might promise you something else. Right. So let's say you're running for either of them. And I'm the honest guy. I, I come up to the citizens of New Zealand and say, we've got a problem here, guys. At the end of the day, we have all this debt, which we have to pay back. And the whole thing is, let's be honest. We're not going to spend this anymore. I have to tax you to pay it. Or I have to keep borrowing. The cycle is just flowing in one direction. Do you think the population would vote for me or for you? That's a very interesting question, you know, because. 
I can see how people would 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 reject that. I could see how, you know, in the short term thinking and and just thinking about, you know, me, 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 or or just thinking very you know locally or whatever about themselves. I could see how th- there could be that. But I think also people aren't ultimately aren't stupid. If you can find a way to say that, in fact, the way you just said it sounded quite palatable to me. <laughs> Um, you know, straight up honest. I remember talking to Roger Douglas about when he did, um, you may or may not be aware of this, but back in 84, the economy completely flipped. You know, we went into a sort of open free market compared to anything we had before. They floated the um, the currency and, 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 and took away all the supports and everything. And basically everyone had to stand on their own two feet. And it was quite a traumatic time in terms of the, the, the change that, that that brought about the cultural change, the the change of mindset, the way we've been doing things for years. Anyway, talking to him about that all these years later, um, uh, months ago, I asked him about that, and he said, and I asked him, well, who did you have in mind? How did you, you must have worried that people were going to be really severely impacted by this. How did you deal with that? And he said he had one bottom line. If you're poor, we'd look after you. You get the minimum. We're not going to throw you under a bus. But everybody else had to feel a little bit of pain. Yeah. If it yeah. was going to come by. And 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 I think, you know, from memory, he was quite honest about that in the time. But I think it's the way you say it. It's how honest you are about it. And if people can see a way through, they That's might you, you might be surprised. But you this is it. Who wants to swallow the tough medicine now, right? This is where the current generation is so used to instant gratification that if I told you, you're going to have to suffer for the next five or six years. Yeah, but what's suffering? What is suffering? Well, let's just say an example. I'm obese, right? And I like, Mm. I'm not obese. I'm just giving an example. But let's say I'm obese. We know what the tough medicine is. I have to go to the gym. I have to eat less sugar and carbs, and I have to work out. If I do that for six months, I'll lose the weight. But how many people stick to it is the question as well. How many what? people can see past the hard work? And it is hard work. You have to go through the tough times to come out the other end. And this is eventually going to happen. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is what happens between now and 2032. Yeah. Because people are so used to politicians lying to us. And because the normal population is ignorant about how the monetary system works. So indirectly, what I just told you was it's, I'm going to have to tax you anyways, guys. And and most governments don't get elected by saying, I'm going to increase your taxes from 25 to 45%. But uh, we know during the global depression and times, there were times when uh, taxes were 80, 90% in the US on the very rich people, right? And they brought it in. Taxes were initially brought in saying, we're only going to tax the rich. And look, these people are so rich, it's 80, 90%. And once the tax legislation is in, as I said, then everyone had to pay taxes. In fact, I won't go into conspiracy theories, but as I've mentioned in one of the books, read a book called The Creature from Jekyll Island, which is how the Federal Reserve Bank of uh, the U.S. was set up. And we've obviously spoken on some of our previous podcasts that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand was set up after the fact as well in 1933 and 1937. Mm. So the reserve banks around the world, the whole banking thing is a cabal, mate. So they lend us money, which they create out of thin air, but then they get charged interest. To me and you, when we take a mortgage or a credit card or a loan, and to the government when it borrows to spend into the economy. 
But where did they get the money from? They didn't have the money in the first place. So why is the government paying interest on debt it took from the Reserve Bank when they didn't have the money? <laughs> because they know that the government has the authority to tax us. And that yeah. goes back to our very first week about legal tender. And, and you will, up to a certain level, get blood out of a stone. That is it. But, but governments are allowed to tax. The tax yeah. system was brought in when the debt system was brought in. So governments could borrow more. And the governments then had a way of paying this debt back by taxing its citizens. So the whole thing is a little soft loop. Yeah, but there must be a lot of spending, Farzan, that can be just cut. Okay, let's look at roading. Okay, bare minimum for five years. Sorry, you're going to have to just work with what you've got. And we've got road gangs that are literally on on foot now, going around with buckets and spades to fill in the potholes. No more Fulton Hogan earning a billion a year. That's gone. No more road cones. That's all gone. So there's spending that can be eliminated there. Consultants. No more consultants. Sorry. For, for five years. Minimum. No more billion dollars worth of COVID vaccines in advance. Nothing. No, I'm sorry. We're sealing it off here. We're going, your, your fundamental standard of living is not going to suffer. But all the nice-to-haves are gone. They're going to be gone eventually, Matt. I can tell you what's coming next. Well, what's coming next is going to be, he's going to make the global financial crisis look like a walk in the park. Well, isn't it better to be in that mode already, ready for it? I am. Some of my clients are. Spend less than you earn, don't have any debt, and get some of your wealth outside of their banking system so you can protect yourself and stuff like that. But hey, how many people are listening? How many people are listening to us? How many people know what is really going on uh, in the economy? And and the funny thing is when you said that, if you look again at the actual document by the Treasury and in the executive summary on page five, I'm just going to read this one little thing I've highlighted for myself to read out to listeners. It says residual cash deficits are forecast in all years, okay? So it already is telling you there's cash deficits in all years, leading to a cash shortfall that will be largely covered by additional borrowing. So they're already going to telling you they're going to keep borrowing more. No worries, mate. Yeah. And a reduction in financial assets. I wonder what those financial assets are. Yeah, what does the, that mean? Well, they're suppose, I, I, I don't know exactly what they call as their financial assets. Could be future tax revenues on uh, assets in the country and stuff like that. Um, I would also ask listeners to look into something called an LGFA, which is Local Government Funding Agency. Supposedly yep, all your city that. councils yeah, can go out and borrow money, and they, that's their promissory notice that they will tax the person who owns the house. The Needham Council are paying a million dollars a week on servicing their debt. Yeah, and what is the income force uh, paying? Seventeen thousand ratepayers, the poorest in the country. Yeah, and they borrowed. They never stop, but they can tax you. So it's property taxes. This is yeah. this is the ridiculous. But if you don't pay stuff. your rates, they can go into your bank account, or they can take your property. Exactly, and, and this is where people think they have houses or stuff like that. Make sure you have enough money to pay your rates and stuff. I won't go into any details, but I've spoken to someone a few weeks back where their rates had gone up, I think, from about, about I think, 7000 a quarter to about thirty nine or 40000 a quarter on a commercial property. Righty. It just, yeah, yeah. So this is this is the thing. That's so, the printing money bit. Yeah, and me, the politician, coming out and saying, say, we're taxing you anyways. How about we just stop borrowing all this rubbish and we'll reduce the taxes? But first, we have to pay off this debt. So we don't pay 
interest on stuff that was created out of thin air. And then we'll eventually all be wealthier and richer well, because right. we're not wasting just money on interest. But coming back to this, this little thing, right? So since the budget update, the bond program, remember I've told you the government issues bonds. Yep. The bond program has been increased by a further $9 billion to fund the cash shortfall. So they have a cash shortfall, and they're going to issue $9 billion more in bonds to fund the cash shortfall. Overall net debt is expected to be higher than previously forecast by $13.4 billion, reflecting the weaker residual cash position and an increase in crown entity borrowings. And this is just in this paragraph, but I want, again, I, I, the reason I brought up this Reserve Bank lending money to the bank, uh, to the government and stuff like that. You know, some of this money that the government's going to borrow, what's it going to be used for? It would cover, this is not in the um, uh, executive summary, but I've, I've taken notes here from something else I read. It would cover maturing bonds and buyback bonds acquired by the Reserve Bank during the pandemic. Oh. Okay. So again, if listeners were listening a few weeks back and we've talked about some bonds and what happens, there's an inversion between the two things. So when interest rates are going up, the bond value drops. So now the Reserve Bank is going to force the New Zealand government to buy back the bonds on its book, which are sitting at a loss because interest rates have gone up. I hope I haven't lost listeners, but as I said, when interest rates go up, the bond value falls down. So when the government needed liquidity, during the COVID pandemic, government said, please give us some money so we can hand out to New Zealand citizens. Reserve Bank created money out of thin air, gave it to the government. Government put it into your bank accounts. Uh, now, as interest rates are going up, those bonds have lost value, but the government's going to have to buy it at full face value. As I told you, it's about a, big a week loss. or two weeks back, big loss on the Reserve Bank's balance sheet, right? I told you the Reserve Bank was itself going broke. Okay. So... It's forcing the government to buy back the bonds. And that's why the government's going to have to borrow more. Okay, well, that's what's happening locally. Um, you've been looking around the globe as well. Um, what should we be, what should be brought to our attention this week regards um, um, joining money dots around the world? I, I don't want, uh, just, just while we're on this uh, debt and stuff, I just want to cover. So, so New Zealanders don't feel our position is too bad, right? <laughs> it is bad. It is very bad, as I said. Don't get too uh, down. There are people no, in worse no. situations, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to bring up an example of a really bad scenario. So um, last week we talked, I think, about the U.S. No, the uh, two weeks prior we talked about the U.S. debt clock and all of that stuff. So I just want to... In, in the context of uh, New Zealand not being so bad, if you think about the US, we said that debt was 33 trillion. So a trillion is 1,000 billion. That's that, that, bigger. That's, that's, that's worse. That's mind-blowing. That's just mind-blowing right? about it. Yeah. But, but their debt was 31 trillion in October 22, and it's 33 trillion in September 23. So in a year, they have borrowed 2,000 billion more in a year, that, that's that snowballing million. thing that you talked exactly. about. Exactly, yeah. it gets out of hand, and so when we talk about our seven and eleven billions, don't think too badly. But again, the U.S. economy is bigger. They have a thirty million population, one hundred thirty million population. I think it is. Everything's bigger, better. Three hundred thirty-six million, I think. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. it? Is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah sorry. Uh, yeah. And I think it was a hundred. What you said at around World War Two. Yeah. Okay. And and this, again, putting this in context, so the U.S. 
when it was formed in 1776, it took them 205 years, 205 years to accumulate the first trillion of government debt, which was 1981. So I'm showing the snowballing effect, right? So it took them 205 years. The first years. trillion. Trillion, yes. 200 years, to the uh, just over to the first trillion, right. Yes, from 1776 to 1981, took them 205 years to get their government debt to 1 trillion. And now it takes them only, well, I, I showed you 2 trillion in a year, but now it literally takes them five weeks. Five wow. bloody <laughs> weeks to spend a yeah. trillion dollars. It's getting ridiculous. And I just want people to, you can never fix a debt problem by taking on more debt. No. The New Zealand's government in the same boat. So they're trying to fix a new It's debt kicking problem. the can down the road. road. Yes, exactly, my friend, exactly. So now we can come back to some yeah, of Actually, these. it's what cowards do. Uh, or, as I said, some people just default on their debt, right? And they have bankruptcies. So now people can understand why I said governments will default on their well, debt. Well, what happens because... if we default? What if we just put our hands up and say, look, we can't fund this anymore? No we're one will screwed. give us any more money. We, 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 we're going to hyperinflation because no one will. What will your New Zealand dollar buy anymore? Because New Zealand yeah, but internally, something. Well, you can sell it to each other. Exactly. Your currency only works internally anyways. So internally, we just keep giving ourselves stuff. But how are you going to buy your washing machines and fridges from overseas? Because we don't we manufacture. Don't have, you go, you go, sorry. You, you heat up, you know, the water with a fire and under a copper thing and, and yeah. you do it that way. <laughs> it's easier said than done but this is the thing the rest of the world won't sell us anything so we'll only have to consume yeah. what's in the country and we don't do any more manufacturing i remember a few years back when i was in australia as well ford was leaving holden was leaving yeah. australia gave up all their manufacturing stuff as well because this all gone to china the likes of india and all that kind of stuff or south korea and this is the problem we have Matt, because we've just printed currency and bought stuff from overseas where they make all the real stuff and we just print money and we buy it because our dollars supposedly seen and our governments are seen as more uh, credit worthy and they'll promise to pay it back. So they will. Um, that shine is coming off. And as I said, you cannot print copper, you cannot print iron, you cannot print oil. You can only print fake currency, magic digits. And I just want people to think about this as well, right? Let's say if you and I, Paul, uh, we created fictional money, we'd go to jail, right? Yeah, we could make counterfeit bills. Yeah, we would. Exactly. So it's counterfeit money. What is the government doing? They just call it quantitative easing. So during the global financial crisis, they had two acronyms, which is quantitative easing, QE and QT. They, the word itself is quantitative easing. They're increasing the quantity of money. And yeah. what is the Federal Reserve doing now? They're doing quantitative tightening, which means they're not rebuying the bonds, which creates a liquidity shortage, which has other impacts. But just just think through if interest rates keep going up, the bonds go down in value. Of course, when interest rates go up, the currency is stronger. Now, let's say if interest rates keep going up, we are 5.5% right now from very low interest rates, which means more of the government's revenue is going towards debt servicing alone. And that's why I said by 2027, we'll spend more on debt servicing yep. than on schooling. And we say... We don't have good schools. We don't have good hospitals and this and that. But if you didn't waste so much money on just paying interest, and if you wouldn't have borrowed in the first place. We'd have more, uh, potentially. Um, aren't there official cash rates uh, announcements coming up in 
and Europe and um, yeah, UK as well. Yeah, yeah. So Europe's uh, obviously today. Um, their their rate currently sits at about four point two five, and can you imagine? Well, four point two five is the move they've made, but they came from negative interest rates. So can you imagine what's happened to their government bonds yeah. around yeah. there? Um, the UK is next week, and uh, they are up to five point two five already. And uh, there's another one expected for another increase expected for zero point two five. Don't know if it'll go there. Um, but talking about the UK, it's funny because when when Next week, the UK is going to talk about maybe are they going to increase or are they going to say steady like America and New Zealand have, and so is Australia. But I read an article, I think over the weekend, where UK mortgage arrears have jumped to a seven-year high. So what that do you means think people is who, who are in default of, of how many payments? Uh, mortgage payments. Uh, yeah. It depends. Every country will have a different one, yeah. um, whether it's 30, 60, 90 days. But it could yeah. be 90 days, right? Um so in the article, it says borrowers failing to make contractual payments. Now, we don't know in uh, if UK banks in their contractual documents, when you sign a home loan document, does it say if you don't pay for three consecutive payments, which could be if you're fortnightly, could be three fortnights, or is it 90 days? Again, yeah. could be 120 days, but they're in arrears. Uh, second highest, well, seven-year high, uh, three months to June. And, well, they've had 14 consecutive interest rate increases by the Bank of England. So that's not just that problem. This is the highest arrears. But this is the fun part, right? They have 1.6 million renewals in the next 12 months. Uh-oh. So this is what I've said, even in New Zealand Australia as well, because we have short-term rates. People fix for a year, two years, five years. So they don't panic right now because they've st- they still got time to run. But lurking down the road. Well, and and... This is so, so people who are on maybe variable interest rates are already feeling it, or people who have just come off are already feeling it because they've had to refix it. And if mm-hmm. if that has caused uh, arrears, uh, the highest amount of arrears in seven years, can you imagine what's going to happen in the next 12 months when another 1.6 million renewals come up in the next 12 months? And so is the same situation in New Zealand, mate. Right? And it is talked about in some Reserve Bank of New Zealand papers as well that in the next 12 to 24 months, as people come off their fixed rates from the pandemic, New Zealand and countries like Australia will start feeling it now. So what we have, if we think interest rates have gone up, look, look, in New Zealand, interest rates are 5.5%. And it's not that bad. House prices haven't come down that much. No, no, that's because you haven't felt the effect of it because most people will be coming off their mortgages yeah. now in yeah. the next six to 12 months. So now comes the fun part. Sit uh, back uh, and enjoy. <laughs> and we'll, um, it'll, it'll be interesting to compare, you know, that you're talking about the, uh, uh, what would you call it? Um, defaulting mortgages or the, or the mortgage distress or whatever the, in the UK, yeah. the people yeah. that, are, you know, are not paying or, or are slow to pay uh, how that would compare to a New Zealand situation. I guess we'd be per capita pretty similar, wouldn't we? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. Interest rates have gone up so much that it's not sustainable. Inflation is more exp- Inflation is taking a chunk out of everyone's uh, disposable incomes. Yeah. I've just highlighted petrol is over $3, and it's not coming down anytime soon. Combination of the New Zealand dollar being weak. Just last week, I think it went to the 0.587. So I had told people it's going from the five nines to the five eights. It's back at 0.59, and that's lucid. But maybe next year we might be in, uh, have something with a four in front of it. 
when like, when the SHIT hits the fan, <laughs> yeah. it might even have a four or a very early five in front of it. And then what are you going to do when petrol is $5 a litre? How much petrol are you going to fill in your cars? And it's also because, obviously, as I told you, the BRICS countries. Um, so those countries, the OPEC countries, are now talking about doing production cuts. Russia has, yeah. Saudi Arabia has. Uh, another bit of news headlines also is um, China's obviously selling of US Treasury bonds and they've just signed a, I think it's a 27-year deal with Qatar for LNG, which is liquefied natural gas. Yep. That tells you that they're signing deals on that side of the world uh, for real stuff rather than just paper promises by governments, which are the developed countries or the Western democracies who have promised, buy our debt now and we promise to pay you 3 4 5%. And as I said, interest rates are going up. Why would you hold treasuries anyways? Because it's not only eating away at your purchasing power, the actual underlying asset, which is your bond, is losing value. I'll give you an example. Just let me give you an example. Again, I'll, I'll finish this off in about two minutes. But when I said what caused the banking collapse in March, early on this year, with the SVBs collapsing, the banks out there have to hold treasuries on their balance sheet as a quick liquidity. When depositors want to withdraw money, a bank holds treasuries on its balance sheet as well for liquidity and security purposes. So it can quickly liquidate that if it doesn't, if it runs out of deposits because of fractional reserve banking. So when these interest rates are going up in the US, the bonds are going down. And that's kind of partly that collapsed your SVBs and those banks. But I've just read a report recently. They call it URL, not like a website URL, but it's called unrealized losses on balance sheet. So it's not a realized loss till you actually sell that bond. Now, again, this again is the same thing that Reserve Bank of New Zealand has on its balance sheet because it has bought government bonds. And now as it itself is increasing interest rates, the bond is losing value. It's an unrealized loss. The same $100 bond might now be $80, but because the Reserve Bank of New Zealand hasn't sold it back into the market, it's not taking a $20 loss. It's an unrealized loss. So I can tell you now, towards the end of this year, before the end of this year, I'm expecting there will be more banking collapses in Europe and in the US. Because as of the first, of, first quarter of 2023, US banks had an unrealized loss of $43 billion on their balance sheet. Okay. And as of the second quarter of 2023, that unrealized loss on their balance sheet has gone up to 558 billion. So it's gone from 43 billion in unrealized yeah. losses yeah. to 558 billion. And you know what's caused this? Interest rate movement from 3.47 to 3.84. So can you, that's pittance, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And that has increased their loss that much. So now can you imagine if interest rates keep going up, what happens? I'll leave yeah. That. Yeah. No, like, yes, yeah, scorched earth. I can see that. All right. Well, um, that's uh, there's a lot to unpack there. It, it it seems to me, just to sum up, that uh, even if it feels like kind of brutal and you might be going backwards, it might be a time now to really deal with your debt, right? So almost as much as you can, as far as you can go, pay down everything as quickly as possible. Get Get rid of the card. Maybe sell your house now. You know, bail out yeah. of anything that's debt, right? Well, You'll be which in a stronger is debt. position yeah. when all yeah. this happens, won't you? 
Well, yes. Again, it's not personal financial advice. No, you no, okay. No, you're not doing yeah, it. No, I, I get that. Even, and even you're not doing that. But what I'm just trying no. to say is um, we don't want to be seen as saying that because let's say if we go into hyperinflation, then debt is good. Um, I've been, I'm talking about hyperinflation, as I've explained prior, if you owe the bank uh, $200,000 and there's hyperinflation, that's literally your three-month salary and you paid off your mortgage. But now think through to the powers that be globally We'll let it get to that stage where every borrower in the world has paid off their debt and will actually own their houses outright. Or, or we go in the opposite direction into deflationary spiral or a stagflationary spiral where people are losing jobs. Necessities are going up, but everything that has a financial asset is going down and then you will own nothing and be happy. <laughs> okay? So... Now, think whether we go into hyperinflation or deflation or and in between, which is stagflation. Stagflation, as I've said, is people losing jobs. Necessities will go up, so your petrol and food will have inflation, but there'll be deflation in financial assets. So maybe shares could go down, house prices could go down. Yeah, but you can't eat that. You can't eat that, and that is it. So you will lose what you thought was your wealth or your retirement if it goes in that direction, but your day-to-day -day living expenses will get more expensive. Think through what the powers that we want should happen and then play accordingly. In fact, next next week, if you want, um, we maybe I just want to take people down this path of understanding that if interest rates keep going up, what effect that will have. And the government yeah. has no option, whether it goes that way or that way. In one way, they destroy the bond market, which means the ability to borrow. If the interest rates drop, they destroy the currency which ruins the economy anyway. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that next week. So well, people can understand a bit more about why when interest rates goes up, what happens? And if interest rates go down, what happens? Why don't we do that? That's a good idea. And just reiterate, there's no financial advice here. Absolutely. Okay. No. This, this is just sort of riffing on the current state of things. Tharzan's bringing his knowledge to bear. I'm the curious idiot who doesn't know much, asking the questions and trying to get it. No, um, but you know a lot more than you let to believe. Uh, well, I, I can tell you that the way you ask your questions, I'm pretty sure you know a lot more. But okay, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just glad curious. to share my knowledge as well. Yes, I'm curious, you. and thank you for that. Okay, if people want to get in touch, Farzan, how do they do that with you? Yeah, please reach out on my website, successsimplified.life, and flick me an email, and I'll get in touch with you. Thanks we'll talk next week. Thanks, Thanks again. Ryan. Cheers. Thank you. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.